Welcome to Surfcast. Thank you for joining me. My guest today is Dr. Anna Alves Shippey. Anna is an associate professor of political science here at Lee University. She is from Brazil, and um, she has a passion for Jesus and helping people to understand how to respectfully agree to disagree and how to strengthen community from the inside out. She and her husband, Philip, are the proud parents of Gabby. You're going to enjoy this conversation with my friend, Anna. Stick around. Anna, welcome to Surfcast Studio. This is actually my office, but it's where we record Surfcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm, I'm so ex- thankful to be here. Yeah, I'm excited you're with us. Now, um, for those people who may not know you, we know that you know you and your husband, Philip, have a little baby named Gabby. And so give us kind of an introduction of who you are and maybe how long you've been at Lee and what you do here. Wow, yes. We have a name, baby Gabby. Did I say that right? I'm Brazilian, by the way, and when I'm tired, I'll say funny things, audience, so bear with me (laughs) on that one. I do have a baby named Gabby. She is the cutest thing. Uh, I have been at Lee. This is my seventh year. I came in the fall of 2013 um, uh, to the political science department, and I absolutely love being at Lee. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a great place to work. I love what we do. I love the impact that we have uh, with our students. I love our mission, and I love the work that we do here at the Lunar Center. Yeah. Getting our students connected, getting them serving, getting them to the communities. Uh, After being in Cleveland for maybe two years, I met my husband. Okay. Uh, And, yeah, we got married, and now we have the cutest baby ever, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, for those of us who have seen that baby, we probably agree. Cute baby, cute baby. So, So let's dig in a little bit about how you got to Lee University. Now, you're Brazilian, basically. You're... Um, we're not raised in the United States nope. and so or North America and, uh, you know, but now you're here and of all things, you're teaching, um, American history and polity or something like American that. American government. American government. American Big difference between government. the two. <laughs> yeah. Let me say on the front end, I'm pretty sure you and I do not always agree on everything political as well as most of my guests mm-hmm. or even my listeners. But, you know, if people want to pick up the book, Higher Callings, they'd be able to read about your story. But having not done that. Tell us a little bit about how you got to the States and how you landed at Lee. Okay, let me tell you, uh, I I was born and raised in Brazil. Uh, I did not grow up in a active Christian family. You could call maybe perhaps, think of us as nominal Christians, you know, people that go to church, uh, but don't really get it, right? Mm-hmm. And that was most of my life. I went to college. I had a secular experience uh, in college. It was not bad. I didn't know the Lord. I didn't have the Lord. But when I was about to graduate, uh, I had this thought, and it was, I need to read the Bible. Mm. I need to read the Bible. And I thought, if I would read the Bible, I will know if it's true or not. And the thought would just wouldn't go away. I didn't even have a Bible. I didn't know where to buy a Bible. So I thought, do you, have, do you have to go to church to buy a Bible? I don't know. But I had a neighbor, and she was a real Christian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I would go to her house, and I would see her Bible open uh, in different pages, highlighted, annotated. And I thought to myself, hmm, this lady knows. But I didn't say anything. And until she, one day asked me, I was about to graduate from college, what I wanted as a graduation gift. Mm-hmm. And I said, Nanny? Give me a Bible. A Bible. <laughs> Give me a Bible. She gave me my first Bible, and I opened it on Genesis one one, and I read it happened? all the way through. How, how old were you when that happened? I was twenty two. Wow. I was twenty two years old. I didn't know better. I mean, I knew, I thought God existed. Maybe God existed. I didn't think about Him. 
Like it's a, it's weird thinking back then, mm-hmm. <laughs> not walking with the Lord, mm-hmm. but for somehow the day came, the Holy Spirit started nudging in me, mm-hmm. uh, and I got that Bible and I opened it in Genesis one one and I read it all the way through, and it was the most amazing thing that wow. ever happened to me. Wow. Uh, it's it's so it when people describe their experiences as like the letters popping out of the page, mm-hmm. yeah, that's kind of it. You know, they they, they float out. It, it was a beautiful thing. God would just explain things to me. And then as I moved on to reading, like refer things back, like, you know, this passage that we're reading now, remember that thing that we've read before. Mm-hmm. And it was just really amazing. Um, halfway through it, um, I started praying, like really praying. I remember my first intentional prayer ever. <laughs> uh, it was, uh, that was a Catholic Bible. So it had the Apocrypha book. Mm-hmm. And there is this book uh, <clears throat> in which this group, uh, um, what's her name? Escape me now. Um, where she is praying, mm-hmm. and um, and I thought, well, this lady's praying. If I pray as well, maybe God will hear and answer me. And I remember like being a very intentional prayer, believing that God was there and that He would hear and that He might answer. Uh, and I went through the Psalms. The Psalms melted my heart completely. There was. Nothing as beautiful. Uh, in the Psalms, I got my first glimpse of the beauty and goodness and compassion of God. Mm-hmm. Right up until then, you see He is mighty, He is powerful. He says He will open the seas, He opens the seas, He does great things. But in the Psalms, I never knew, I knew by then, I knew God existed, but I didn't know how good He was, mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. loving He was, how tender hearted, how compassionate. Mm-hmm. And it, it melted my heart. And not just only. Not just towards humanity, right? So towards uh, the creation as well. Like when you read Psalm 145, it says that all creation, that he feeds them at the right time, that they wait and they look at his hands and he stretches out his hands and feeds them in mm-hmm. the right time. And mm-hmm. that is just so utterly beautiful. A God that cares so much. So so how how did this uh, new encounter with God, um, you know, impact and influence your work, both in education and in community involvement? And maybe take us a little bit on the story about how that impacted your family back in Brazil. Um, so the encounter with God really changes your priorities, right? That's mm-hmm. really what it does. It changes your priorities. So, for example, in my life, coming out of college and going into the master's program, I thought I'm going to get this master's. I might get into a uh, foreign office. Uh, I have lots of friends, actually, from college that are currently in foreign office. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the reasons are usually I want to have a good life or I want to make a good amount of money or I want to have um, power or whatever it is, right? But when you come to the Lord, your priorities change because it's not about yourself and your safety and your security first and foremost anymore. It is about God's will for your life. It's about loving God and loving others by using the gifts and talents that mm-hmm. you've been given, mm-hmm. right? And so Back then, I thought, uh, maybe I don't really want to go into foreign office because I've read about this person called Daniel. You know, there is a book just for him. Mm-hmm. And he was a, uh, he worked for the government and in Nebuchadnezzar, right? So I think of him as someone in a secular age, uh, right. a person who is committed to God, who lives in a secular age. And he does that brilliantly, beautifully, and faithfully. Mm-hmm. But then I thought, uh, well, there are going to come times when 
I will be, and all of us are to a certain extent, uh, challenged by influences from the secular world mm -hmm. that are contrary to our faith. And there is a price to pay. And Daniel paid that price. Mm -hmm. His friends paid that price. Mm -hmm. And I thought, do I want to put myself in a position every day where I have mm -hmm. to do that? Or do I want to be somewhere else or do something else where I can exert an influence for the kingdom? Mm -hmm. Uh, with more freedom, right? Because I didn't want to have that divided, to be divided between serving Caesar and serving God. It's always serving God. And Daniel is always serving God, by the way. He's mm -hmm. never, he doesn't serve Nebuchadnezzar for Nebuchadnezzar. Mm -hmm. He serves Nebuchadnezzar as unto the Lord, mm -hmm. right? And I thought, no, maybe, you know, education. I think I'm going to get my PhD and, and education is a great way to do this mm -hmm. because uh, there, you God gave me uh, intellectual talents, skills, abilities. I ought to be faithful in multiplying sure. those and growing those and putting those back mm -hmm. into serving and furthering the kingdom, mm -hmm. right? And so that changed that first trajectory. Um, back home, how did it change my family? Uh, it was very tricky at the beginning because they were not very receptive. Mm -hmm. Oh, my mom was not very receptive of it at first. Uh, you know, when you first come to the Lord and your family is not really there yet, they just think that's just a phase, mm -hmm. that's going to die out. But it didn't, right? So in the beginning, I encountered resistance. But as they saw that I had a real walk with the Lord and that I prayed and God answered, they started to come for, hey, we have this situation. Do you have mm -hmm. advice? Pray for us. What does God say? Mm -hmm. Right. So it really put me in a place of, of ability to have more influence. Uh, to, yes, it opened their ears in a sure. way. It opened their hearts in sure. a way. Right. In, so that the, was good. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry, guys, for the, for the, the raspy... Uh, Raspy uh, voice here. We're we're all fighting in East Tennessee. A bunch of uh, allergies and weather changes. But in the front end, you talked about this idea of nominal Christianity, and then you said you had a friend who had a Bible that you thought was a real Christian. And now you're saying that when your family were able to actually see that you were a real Christian, what what are some of the um, the visible, notable um, characteristics, behaviors that indicated to them? that Anna really is a follower of Christ? Uh, I think, first of all, I was much less angry, okay. right? I grew up angry. Uh, I come from a home where my parents separated and divorced. I come from a home where my brothers were regularly bullied when they were in middle school uh, and high school. I come from a context in which I just saw lots of hypocrisy, mm -hmm. right? So attending church service uh, and then seeing the same kids who are bullying your brothers take communion and then like nothing happens like the fact that my father left and mm -hmm. I didn't know. So I grew up, I was very angry. I might not have been physically strong, but God, I was mean. Mm -hmm. But but the Lord, I was angry toward my parents. I was angry toward society, towards my brothers. But the Lord really changed my heart and softened my heart, right? Mm -hmm. So right after when I came to the Lord, the first thing God asked me was, and told me more than asked me, I think, uh, was you have to forgive your parents. Mm -hmm. You just have to. And wow. you're going to. Put your heart, I put my heart before the Lord and he said, forgive them. And then he said, and go now ask for forgiveness. And back then my father was still disappeared. Mm -hmm. uh, so I forgave everything I thought I had to forgive. 
and before the Lord. And then I had this conversation with my mom and I asked for forgiveness. And that's when the Lord first started restoring mm. our relationship back. Wow. Right. So I have uh, one of my brothers. He really noticed a change that mm. when he would be very aggressive towards me, uh, I would no longer be aggressive towards him. Mm. I would respond with a gentle, calm word, right, as it says in Proverbs 15. Uh, and, and he's like, what's what's going on with you? Like, this is, you're different, yeah. right? And it yeah. came to the point where he want to know about it as well. He mm. want to know about Jesus. He want to know about being a Christian. Uh, and he ended up, again, uh, confessing the Lord, being baptized. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, so there are changes. Like God started back then to restore and redeem our family. Mm-hmm. And that was mm-hmm. amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think this leads us right into this whole conversation about this idea of um, chaos and community. Mm-hmm. You know, the the story you're just telling is, is um, a story that a lot of people get to experience, you know, both from a parental side where maybe the first conversion in their family came from a child and then the testimony came from a child. Or, you know, we're seeing the other side of the street. We're seeing where children are um, coming to the Lord because of the faith that their um, parents or grandparents have been living before them, you know. So there's no secret about this reality that in the world which we're living in today is chaotic. I mean, it is full of chaos. It's full of disruption. It's full of um, disagreement among people who would call themselves Christ followers, you know, um, behavior that is, you know, a lot of times doesn't reflect Christ. In the recent chapel, you talked a little bit about about that whole idea. So how are you seeing or what are you suggesting that we do? Um, I've used this term over and over in my life that strong families make up strong churches. Strong churches impact communities and bring about bring about strong communities. Now, we, we know that that may be a utopian idea, but we're also seeing some of that happen, mm-hmm. you know, through the power of relationships. So in this chaotic world, from a um, standpoint of, you know, faith and, and leadership, and even, you know, I know you're very steeped in the idea of politics and, and government and how this works. But but what, what do you say to us today in a chaotic world? How can we take this story that you just talked about that is so transformational and begin to implement that in everyday facets of life, especially at the ground roots level of community engagement. Some would call it civic engagement. Some would call it social justice. Some would call it social justice with a biblical platform. You know, let's talk about that. Does it make sense? Yeah, it makes That's a sense. long lead-in question, but now it is, but share it, with us about it. I get it. I get <clears throat> it. And I, I mean, we might be at opposite sides of the political spectrum, but I 100% agree with you. Strong mm-hmm. families make for strong church, makes for strong community, yeah. right? And uh, it is so true. I mean, a family... God has family in his heart, right? Mm-hmm. You see that from the beginning. He creates family. He establishes family. Just think of Noah, right? So God loves family so much that at the time of Noah, Noah was the only righteous person in the world. Mm-hmm. And yet, in God's plan, he saves all of Noah's family, right? right. Regardless of how, even how they were with the Lord themselves, each sure. one of them, right? So God loves family. He has a plan for it. And I think that uh, family is where you first have your impressions of who God is, Right. So of living under authority, of living in community and uh, strong families really prepare you right to be a strong member of both your church and your community. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you are 
think about families where you have that uh, intimacy between family members, like parents, children, children trust their parents. They know they can come to their parents. Parents are uh, just good and good to their children, right? So they right. they ask for forgiveness when they overdo, uh, but they also uh, keep boundaries, establish boundaries. They lead the family, uh, and in all of that, it really I think it really prepares you on how to deal with other people in a godly way. Mm-hmm. Like so strong. Christian, strong, I mean, like, founded upon Christian principles, <laughs> families, uh, really uh, helps you to prepare to engage in society in a much better way. Mm-hmm. Like, when families are kind of awkward, you kind of struggle to deal with other social relationships. It really hinders the fabric of society as a whole. Uh, strong families, strong churches, right? And and then again, there is, in a strong church, I'm thinking uh, of that mutuality, mm-hmm. right? I'm thinking of a church in which lots of people attend the service on Sunday morning, but those people are not in relationship with one another mm. is not a strong and mature church, right? So scripture teaches us that the Holy Spirit distributes the spiritual gifts according to his will, however he wanted for the edification of the mm. church, mm. right? It was not just for individual uh, edification, right? Mm. So my spiritual gift is not only for my own good. My spiritual gift is for your good and everyone else's good that's out there that we are members of one body and I'm in relationship right. with, right. right? So, but knowing how to be in relationship with, appreciating, valuing uh, the importance of those relationships, even when one disagrees, even mm-hmm. when one don't, doesn't see eye to eye, mm-hmm. it still matters a whole lot. Like the unity, uh, I think it's Ephesians that talks about a united church, a church that is cohesive, that's a sign of a mature church, sure. right? And that's what's in the heart of the Lord, because sure, the Lord does call us to be his children, mm-hmm. right? He says all of those who believe have been given the power to become children mm-hmm. of God, right. but his will for us is not that we are baby children, forever techne in the mm-hmm. Greek is that we are weos, mature children mature sons and daughters and sure. that maturity doesn't come individually mm-hmm. like that maturity is developed in social context right so it matters a lot well, let's unpack that for just a minute because if we open our eyes we're seeing a lot of perceived to be mature people acting quite immaturely especially in the in the arena of the political um chaos that we're in currently in North America, right? And probably other places of the world too. So how can we, or how should we, or what do we need to do when we approach this idea of disagreement in government issues, political issues, even faith issues? What's a good posture to assume in this idea of serving one another for a common goal, common good, right? So that as much as possible, you know, um, we can see, um, you know, a better atmosphere than what we currently see while still honoring our tradition of faith. Does that make sense? Yes, I think it does, because I agree. I think I agree with you. And I think that you have lots of people out there that perhaps think they're mature or very intellectually advanced or theologically Mm -hmm. advanced and even have like very uh, important good goals for society, whatever the vision of the accomplishment of that goal is. Right. And lots of times in the accomplishing those goals, people have disagreements. Right. Mm -hmm. Someone thinks I think that's the better way to accomplish this goal or that's the better way to accomplish that goal or that should be the priority now. No, that other things should be the priority, mm-hmm. right? And I think that what happens when, uh, which is chaos, like set reality uh, right now, is that you start basically with those like, screaming matches and whoever screams the loudest about sure. their position. And that's really, it's not 
definitely not <laughs> good Christian uh, model for behavior. Mm-hmm. And it's not even good civic engagement and political engagement to begin with. Right? And as Christians, I think the first thing is uh, when we come before the Lord and you say, God, search my heart and know me. Right? Mm-hmm. Is there something else that I am valuing more than you? Mm-hmm. Right, uh, Lord, uh, all those things they matter. It's not that they don't matter, but are they ranked in the right order mm. in my heart? Mm-hmm. Right, and I think that's the trick. Right, are they ranked in the right order in my heart? Um, and another thing is, um, so of course, I mean, you ought to love uh, doing the good, pursuing justice, however one defines it, uh, loving the neighbors. But at the end of the day, like if I'm doing that at the expense of assuming evil motives out of my brother, like just because you are on the other side of the political spectrum, I'm saying this person, they're not being a good Christian or they cannot be a good Christian. Mm -hmm. Like, you see, I'm assuming I'm acting out of goodness and I'm assuming they are not acting out of Uh, Mm -hmm. They're coming from a bad point. Like, that's Mm -hmm. not a good start to begin with, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Judging them uh, in a way that I think I shouldn't, and I might disagree with them. Sure. And I think there is lots of room, and there there will always be disagreement. There has been disagreement in the church forever since the church is out there. And there will continue to be. And there will continue to be. And I think it's how we deal with that, right? And if you're not going to put an effort in keeping the bonds of peace, Mm -hmm. as uh, as the Lord uh, asks us to do, right? So that's a problem. Uh, If I'm not, I think, let's say we disagree. Mm -hmm. It's one thing for me to explain where I'm coming from with all gentleness, with all respect, versus with anger, with bitterness, right? Assuming bad things out of you because Mm. we disagree. So I think that's when we start to get lost. We start to forget of who we are, right? right? And who is our Lord and what is our calling? So social media is our friend, but it's also our demise, right? It gives us platform for communicating any type of activity or, you know, idea or ideologies or, in our case, you know, um, theology as we want to. But it also can become a very, very um, difficult um, reality in society woes. But my question then is, what are some suggestions that you give us? Because, you know, I, I don't know, I get really frustrated when I see people jump on social media and argue, you know, Um it just really wears me out. It really frustrates me. So I, I wonder, you know, how can we, how can, what, what, what advice do you give us, both as your colleagues and your peers and also students that you're educating and you're training them? How should we use this whole idea of social media to um, still reflect Christ, even though we adamantly, strongly may disagree? First of all, uh, just as we say that one ought not to be a Christian on Sunday mornings only. One ought to be a Christian 24-7, all seven days of the week. One ought also to be a Christian in social sure, media. There sure. is a way. Yeah, you cannot just forget that you're a Christian and just think that because there is no one, no physical presence looking at you that you can just go and behave and say things however you want. Yep. By the way, so the mouth speaks out of the abundance of the heart. Yep. And all those things that are going there in the social media are coming out of the abundance of your heart. And the way you're saying it, mm-hmm. like, you should consider that. Like, am I doing those things in Christ for the edification of others, right? Mm-hmm. So that's Ephesians 4. Let nothing come out of your mouth that right. is unholy, that is um, not healthy. Mm-hmm. And everything comes to the edification of others. Am I saying things because I'm utterly frustrated and I'm using that to vent? Mm-hmm. Or am I saying those things for the edification of others, for the blessing of mm-hmm. my neighbor, the blessing of my brothers and sisters? Uh, and two, social media can be very good 
for people to perhaps become more educated about mm -hmm. certain topics or aware of certain topics, but social media in and of itself does not build community. Right. Right. What it actually, if anything, it might even contribute to further fragmentation of society mm -hmm. because you go into social media and you have all those likes of the people that you think are agree with you and you feel good about that uh, and you forget that, that there is people watching you, that God's watching you and you just go and vent and lash out. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, you are not walking together with other people. You're mm -hmm. not doing life with other people. Mm -hmm. You're not being sharpened as iron sharpened iron, mm -hmm. right? You're not being challenged by those true friendships. Uh, when scripture says that the uh, blows of a, a friend are better mm -hmm. than, than the kisses, mm -hmm. right, of an enemy. Uh, yes, I mean, that's what friends do. That when we walk together, and you keep me accountable. Like mm -hmm. when we walk together, you call me <laughs> on things that you think I should uh, consider before the Lord. And when you're just in social media and you mm -hmm. think that you're getting your social relationship and uh, your approval out of that, no one's really, your friends are not calling you. People who you don't consider friends sure. might be calling you, but you're not going to listen to them, sure. right? Because your heart's not open to them because they're not your friends. So what's a real practical way to do just that, right? So if I disagree with someone and and I have what I think to be enough of a friendship or a relationship or a connection with that person that I could call them out on it, right, and give mm -hmm. them a challenge, what's an appropriate way to do that, right? So so if you see me spouting on social media, how are you going to come to me and say, William, you know, you might not be using this for the right way? You know? I how, think... do, how, how do we do that in a very practical yet biblical yet honorable sense i think that uh there are two instances there one if it is this a case of sin right or is oh, this sure. a case that we have different opinions sure and if it is a case of sin if i think that you've sinned uh either against me or that mm -hmm. you've seen as your sister as your yeah. loving sister yeah. i need to come with you not First of all, I need to search my heart and make sure that there is not a tiny little ounce of pride sure. in there. Not a tiny sure. little because I'm also saved by grace. Sure. Right. And after you have the moment with the Lord, you go with your brother mm -hmm. and you say, uh, William, um, you did this thing or you went on social media and you were very aggressive and you yeah. said those things about those people. And that's not very of the Lord. But let's consider those things before the Lord together. But I think the heart there yeah. is always to reconcile with Christ, right. right? It's not just to come to you and say, oh, my goodness, you're such a bad Christian. You should, you should be ashamed of yourself, yeah. okay? Yeah. Real Christians don't do that. Yeah. See, that I'm not doing anything to, to bring you back, to right. reconcile, right. right? The heart is, uh, how are you and the Lord? Mm -hmm. I mean, is that something that you think is pleases the Lord or do you think that there's some there's something that came in between the two of you mm -hmm. the heart's to bring back mm -hmm. it's not to judge it's not to shame mm -hmm. right it's to bring back because right. that's what Christ does right. that's what he did at the cross right. that's what he sealed us today is to bring back and if you can win your brother you're a wise person right, right? that's what right. scripture says Very clear. Uh, and and if we just disagree let's say because the scripture sometimes it it's not very clear on certain things. So, for example, Scripture is very clear on you have to pay your taxes. Okay? Sure. All of you who don't want to say you don't want to pay your taxes, sorry, <laughs> buddy. Go read Romans 13 again. Okay? It says, give unto Caesar what is Caesar. Yeah. Jesus paid taxes of all people. Sure. All right? So, you don't really have an option there. Yeah. Now, with that being said, Scripture doesn't really say if your tax needs to be a flat tax, 10% across the board, yeah. or if your tax that you do unto Caesar <clears throat> is a more progressive tax. Right? right? So, 
there is nothing ne- really necessarily biblical, mm-hmm. like out of scripture on that, as right. in many other things in life, right. right? So in that case, I think that, and there is going to be disagreement, mm-hmm. and I think that there should be room for uh, two Christians or more to come together and say, Okay, let's talk about why we think is one way and I think it's the other way. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is is it that you think is the ultimate goal that you're going to accomplish if you do one way and if I do the other way? There is a civil, right. there is a gentle, there is a respectful way to sort those things out. Mm-hmm. And you know something else that's very important? That the same policy that is a good Christian in the sense of like furthering the public good, the common good, loving the others, benefit mm-hmm. others, uh in a, in a context might not be the Christian response in a different context, right? right? History matters, context matters. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if you say that uh, I think that uh, the state should get out of providing whatever service to society, mm-hmm. and then I'll ask you, okay, let's talk about this. Which type of society are we talking about? Are we talking about societies where we have strong communities? Are we talking about societies that in these strong churches, in these strong communities, mm-hmm. community is helping one another, where we have other institutions that are not the state, that are coming out to serve and take care of the most vulnerable? Sure, I can see why you don't think the state should be. But are we talking about communities that are so fragmented that you can barely call them communities. Right. Are we talking about a group of people that they don't know each other, they mm-hmm. don't trust one another, they are, are separated, right? They don't get together because in that case, how they can help one another sure. if before they become a community per se. And in that case, then perhaps something that we want to consider is, of course, community development, mm-hmm. right? So leadership and service towards community development mm-hmm. uh, because they don't know how to get there by themselves. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they would have got mm-hmm. there by themselves already, right. right? So, but in the meantime, what do we do? Right. And you see, there is a range of policy options there. Mm -hmm. So I think that, first of all, is to acknowledge amongst ourselves that there are certain things that are really clear in the Bible. Pay your taxes. You're not getting out of it. But there's certain things that are not. And the things that are not, I think you need to be more gracious towards one another. I think you need definitely be more respectful and also think together. uh, What is the context here? Mm -hmm. Like, what is going on? Why we're not seeing what we would like to see, the realities that we would like to see and how. Uh, what do you think are the best ways to get that? Mm-hmm. But and and have it like a, an honest, an open, respectful conversation about those things mm-hmm. instead of just saying it's my way or the highway. Mm-hmm. I, I I love what you're saying here because I think that you're number one calling us back to the real Christian and not the nominal Christian approach, right? And saying okay, we really got to really have to. It's necessary. We must become people who reflect and not provide refractions of who the Christ is. We give yeah. a true reflection of who he is. Coming to the end of this episode in just a couple of minutes, but but what advice would you give to someone who says, I feel the need to express my opinion? Because, the, you know, a lot of people have influence, right? And if influence doesn't seem to be given to us just for the sake to amass influence, right? It's mm-hmm. so that we use that influence for the better good of community. In our case, in my case, and in, in, in knowing your your uh, your witness as well, so that I also use that um, to reflect the image of Christ to the world as the Redeemer, right? So how how do we how do we balance this idea that I've got influence? Do I expend that capital now to express against this particular idea? What's a good 
uh, a good gauge to determine when we exercise our influence. And, and not just, okay, if this is an issue of, you know, um, a biblical, you know, um, truth, but as a community who is seeking answers, looking for people to rise up to be leaders, to use their influence for good, what's a good way to kind of say, this is a good way to determine whether or not I expend that influence? Does that make sense? I'm think so maybe i may or may not answer your question depending on whether i understood it right yeah <laughs> let's see yeah. let's see if i'm yeah. getting there uh because i think when you when you ask me like uh i have when you say i have a need to uh speak my mind i have a need to use my influence and the first thing i'm going to ask you is is that need your need Good. or is it coming out of the Lord, right? Because all of us <clears throat> have been given a deposit from the Lord. Sure. and But sometimes, and that's the tricky part, do I want to have this position or exercise this influence because I feel good about myself? Uh, I There is something in your heart mm -hmm. you you like to be able to tell people what to do and how to mm -hmm. live their lives mm -hmm. and even help them and but it's really at the end of the day not really about them but it's about you and then i would say go before the lord search your heart search my heart and know me right um for example, like Moses, I love sure. the story of Moses, right? So Moses is someone who always had in his heart that he wanted to liberate the people of Israel, sure. right? And he knew that from a young age. Mm -hmm. He said, no longer will I identify myself as the son of the daughter of Pharaoh. Uh, I'm going to live with the Israelites. I'm going to pay the price for that. Yeah. And But he starts to do things. He he had that thing that God had given him. And he, th he said, I need to use my influence. Mm -hmm. But see, early on when he was young, it was not in a good way, right? So he ends up killing killing someone, sure. right? Yeah. And then, so the story goes, he goes into exile uh, to the land of Midian for 40 years. Mm -hmm. God humbles him by then. Yeah. And then 40 years later, God comes back in the burning bushes and say, hey, uh, it's time, Moses, go set the people free. Mm -hmm. And he's like, what? Mm -hmm. Are you sure? I can't yeah. even speak properly. For yeah. someone who is so overly self-confident to now someone who can be used by God sure. because they are no longer relying on only their own expertise, mm -hmm. only their own strength the strength of their arm. Right. You see, I, I'm a great public speaker. I have all this knowledge about things. I am going to, people just follow me. Yeah. But And of course, I mean, those are all talents and they're God-given. Mm -hmm. But there is a way in which you can try to use them out of your own strength yep. and a way in which you submit yourself to the hand of the Lord yeah. and you let God do his thing. And he has the timing. He has the way. He knows exactly the measurement mm -hmm. of the things that you have to do and you have to say. Mm -hmm. And that makes a world of difference because it's not by power nor by sword, but by right. by my spirit. Right. That's what God says. Right. right? That real Good transformation. Stuff. This is it comes from the Lord, and we ought to put ourselves under the Lord, mm -hmm. under the headship of Christ, mm -hmm. and let him lead with everything that he put in us, with mm -hmm. the treasure that he put in us, with mm -hmm. the gifts that he put in us, but it's not us. Mm -hmm. True. And I think that's the first thing that I would recommend. Yeah. I think you understood me clearly, and I think you gave us a great challenge to remind us that everything that we're doing really evolves around the principle of relationships, first with God, yep. secondly with one another, which is the key factor of how we can make life better and make these communities that are so seemingly weak to become very, very strong. So um, closing thoughts, Anna, closing thoughts for for people who, you know, we're, we're, we have listenership in 38, 39 countries, Whoa. you know, we're being heard all over the place, right? So, so what are some... Um, what are some closing thoughts for people on how they can 
at wherever they're at in their life, pursue this Jesus that you so passionately know and talk about? Oh, wow. Uh, seek him. He will let himself be found by you. Yeah. Seek him with all your heart. Have an open heart. Be open to however God is willing to he reveal uh, himself to you. Uh, spend time in prayer with God. Spend time reading the scripture. Read the Bible. I yeah. repeat, read go Bible. read your Bible. The whole thing from cover to cover. Because you know what? You will be challenged, yeah. right? If you're just cherry picking, you're only going to read you know, the stuff that you like and you agree. But if you read the whole thing from cover to cover again and again yeah. and again, time and again, yeah. God's going to challenge you. Good stuff. Time and again. And it's going to be good for you. Yeah. <laughs> So what's an email if some of our listeners want to reach out to you and they want to inquire more about this conversation? Oh, hello, listeners. Uh, you can reach me at yeah. a, another a, L-V-E-S at leeuniversity.edu. Great. Yeah. Thanks a lot for coming in. We're so excited about it. And I think we're going to have you back as another guest and kind of pinpoint down the road sometime on this uh, whole idea of how do we um, agree to disagree and how should that be played out in real life. Okay. Lovely. I love that. Got it. (laughs) Hey guys, thanks for joining us today. As always on Surfcast, I want to challenge you that you're made for more. Um, What can you contribute today that can make a difference for someone else's life? Obviously for the cause of Christ and the kingdom. Until next time, have a great day. Thanks for tuning in to Surfcast with Dr. William Lamb. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Surfcast to stay updated on special guests and future episodes.